Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Threecast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. We are here to talk about two books that are coming out on uh, August 15th, 2023. Starting with Batman Superman World's Finest, number 18, written by Mark Wade, illustrated by Travis Moore. Is this the second Travis Moore arc we got? On this book, I think I think he's mostly hasn't he done just like the one-offs between arcs. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I want to say he there was the one with like with like Dick and and Kara like traveling through time after mm-hmm. the first arc, and then there was another one, the one in the circus, maybe or no i'm i'm thinking of something else but yeah i think he's mostly done one-offs if i'm remembering correctly yeah um but so this is uh the start of i believe it's only a two issue arc it's about the first batman and superman uh team up and uh i i have a question about this that springs from a conversation we had about world's (laughs) finest teen titans you know i'm gonna ask vince I mean, it's going to be along the lines of like, how can this be? <laughs> well, so I we had talked for those that didn't listen or don't remember when we talked about World's Finest Teen Titans, we had talked about how the, the timeline seemed off to us that they were that 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 Robin, the Dick Grayson, Robin and Wally West, Kid Flash, all these people were talking about hashtags and whatnot. And that felt not in line with the with the way that the DC timeline typically is laid out. And in this issue, there is there is less technological stuff, although Jimmy Olsen does hand Clark Kent an iPod, an iPad rather, with a um with an image on it. And I looked it up. The iPad debuted in 2010. And so it's uh it just seems like this can't have been only 12 years 13 years ago. In story, that seems silly. So I, I do think that maybe we were correct in that the timeline is just that this is not taking place in standard continuity. What yeah. do you guys think? I think I, I, I think go ahead. I was just gonna say I think I don't wanna spend that much more time thinking about this at this point. I agree. It just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that said, um, one wonders if, if one wonders if, you know, a year, year and a half, two years into Mark Wade's um, plan here at DC, it's not going to be revealed that this is all a different, a different earth that he got to play around in. Um, yeah. The the only thing I would definitely buy into that. The only thing that makes me think that that's not the case is the fact that all of the Neja stuff tied into the main DCU. Yeah, did it? I can't remember what where else we saw it, that. It did in um, Lazarus Planet, right? And like Rob Batman and Robin and all of that stuff. That that oh, is like God, the only yes. way it's all Batman intersected. versus Robin. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 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 You're right. That's right. Um, so like now you can make the argument that all of this other stuff, you know, th- this like continued flashback stuff is its own thing or maybe in the same universe as whatever's going on in, uh, in Teen Titans. But 
Yeah, that's the only I, I do think that it's fun to think that Wade has some plans. Um, but again, alluding to a conversation that we had just before the show started, I think the most likely the the, the odds are on the fact that it just doesn't matter that, mm-hmm. that you know, it, that it's just. Uh, Wade, it's, it's, it doesn't care. It's Marvel sliding time scale, even though DC tr- tries to do it differently. Yeah, it's red. that, but it, but it's also just like that the, the time doesn't matter. You know that that yeah. It, there's just it just so happens that in this universe, iPads were in the early 2000s or the right, late right. 90s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Technology it, it just... is just a little more fluid. Yeah, the only reason that I'm even bringing this up is because I feel like Mark Wade is such a precise writer mm-hmm. that it seems like this is not the kind of thing that would slip by his notice. That's the only reason I'm bringing it up. And I don't think it's going to be necessarily an alternate timeline or something. But the more I think about it, I think, and, and Zach, you might want to like, uh, just cover your mouth for when you scream with joy here in a second. <laughs> I think this is a hyper time thing. Yeah. Where like it's just a uh, time is acting weird, and that's going the next crisis event that Wade is doing is going to be a hyper time event, and this is sort of the evidence of that. Yeah, that's that's probably the case. Yeah. But anyway, Zach, what do you think of this issue? Um, I thought that it was fine. Like, I thought that it was a solid, like seven of an issue. You know what I mean? The the art was. The art was good. the The premise of the story was was somewhat clever and fun. You know, it's not innovative in any sort of way. It's another another reimagining of the first time that that Superman and Batman work together, but with a really kind of interesting wrinkle of um, mixing the Riddler with the Phantom Zone. Um, and giving a good reason for Bruce and Clark to interact and, and seeing, getting to see their worlds interact in, in you know, some neat ways. Uh, I specific, I specifically really liked the bit where uh, Clark goes to see uh, Gordon and he's yes. like, Oh, you're, you're getting sloppy. I heard your cape. <laughs> and, and then it's good, but it's, it's Superman. Um, yeah. It, you know, it didn't, it didn't blow my mind or anything, but it was fun. And and you know, sometimes that's enough. Vincy? Yeah, it's I think I agree with Zach about like a general grade for this thing. Um there's just a few moments that make all the difference between this just being a an, a very ordinary issue of a comic and and something a little better than that. And that's you know, the typical Mark Wade flourishes. Um with you know the little the little kind of throwaway character bits um he already mentioned the the superman and gordon one with the cape um the stuff where bruce is uh telling clark how he's deduced that he's superman um is really clever and and kind of jauntily written um and i love i love that like Bruce thinks he's got it figured out, but then he needs that one last aspect to really prove it. And so he's wearing the nasal uh, 
blockers while filling the room with poison gas or whatever that is, you know, um, just really, I love that kind of shit. Um, and that's, that's what I expect when Mark Wade's name is on the cover. Um, and then of course I like Travis more. The, the art is, you know, everybody's, everybody's good looking, everybody's handsome and, uh, uh, you know, very heroically posed and all that. He does a great rendition of like the older Batman costume, mm-hmm. the, the, the blue cowl that kind of, um, how uh, goes from the neck. You, you know what I'm talking about? What, yes. what do you call that? I, cowl, I guess it's, but, but yeah, it's a, it's very much like a silver age, uh, Batman for sure. Um, does a great job with that and then the twist at the end i just read the uh the the krypton stuff the phantom zone uh, mini series from the bronze age for the podcast i did with greg Matasevich. and so to see this to see Jax Ur, who is a name that shows up in that mini series show up in this is uh delightful too so yeah, I, I I really like this. I'd 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 maybe even go eight or so. It's this is this is what I want comics to be on average, you know. <laughs> yes, I, I I argue with that certainly. I I I would say maybe uh, I'd say seven or eight is is a very good uh, area to land in for this for my grade for this. I think I am the low man this week on Travis Moore's art. It's not bad. It it is quite good in parts. I just felt it was a little bit stiff in a couple of places, and that's that's not unusual for more stuff. I, I I typically do like more, but I just felt like there were a couple of places here. There's a specific moment where um, Clark is on the phone with Perry White, and the way that Perry White is posed is just really unnatural and weird looking. And uh, I think there's a couple of moments like that in the book that that took me a little bit out of it at times but overall the art is really good but like you guys were saying I mean, the Mark Wade touches on this are just really clever and the pairing of these two villains is very unexpected and Wade just gets to be Wade and have fun with a lot of this stuff and I I, I always appreciate that the level of detail he brings to his stories you know we just talked about the last days of Lex Luthor couple weeks ago and you know in that book i felt like there were a million instances of just wade doing just a tiny bit more homework than was necessary but it shows through in a really really well written story and that's how i felt about this too um like i said i i love the gordon and uh and superman interaction that's a that's a team up i know has happened a few times but i i really I think the last time we saw it was maybe when Gordon was Batman. Maybe, yeah. That sounds right. You know, and that that's gotta be close to ten years ago now. Right? Maybe oh, not quite God. that. Long. No, not that. Uh well, I mean like it was twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Oh, so eight so eight years ago, sorry. Yeah, but no, you're not far off. <laughs> um, so you know, I I enjoyed that quite a bit. And yeah, I mean, overall I think that this book has been it's been so enjoyable and been so well crafted that like there's a lot of times when we're reading these books for the show 
and a book isn't dealing in modern con or in isn't really engaging with continuity it can be easy to sort of forget about it because it feels like it quote doesn't matter even though i know we would all dispute that as a as an actual metric for judging these things it can feel that way sometimes like you know other books get our attention more because they seem more more in line with what we're talking about week to week even though this isn't necessarily driving the overall dc meta narrative it's so good that i never i never flinch when it's time to read it i just i think this is such good work plus i am uh, one of the first batman comics i ever read had magpie on the cover <laughs> so it was nice seeing magpie in this Hello, denizens of Earth-1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. Let's jump over to our second book of the week, which is Tales of the Titans number two, starring Raven. This book is written by Teeny Howard and it's illustrated by Eleonora Carlini. Vincey, why don't we start with you? What did you think of this? I like this one well enough. Um, I have a feeling maybe you guys won't be as high on this. I don't know. But but what I will say is what I really appreciated about it is it's a Raven story that 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 again deals with <laughs> Trigon as her father um, and that whole backstory. But it does it tastefully. I, I cannot get out of my mind that Villains Month Trigon issue Oof. from the New 52. That was so tasteless and like ugly to look at. And like I like that was one of the worst Villains Month issues, I think. If yes. if not if not the worst. And at the same time, I think there's a lot of richness with that story and there's a lot um, there's a lot that they can still do with that. And I feel like, um, you know, Raven has really gotten uh, the short straw as far as Titans characters go. I, I know she had those couple miniseries that were not very good, um, kind of in that was like Circa Rebirth era, Raven I think. Darkness. Raven, Daughter of Darkness, and then there was a sequel, I believe. Yeah, I believe that was well. actually closer to DCU than Rebirth. Okay, yeah, I could, maybe. Be, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm just sure. Not, now I have to look it up. Um, but those were not very good, and I don't think that this is like amazing or anything. Oh, you were right, Vince. 2018. Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> I don't think that this is amazing or anything, but um, I think Carlini's a good fit for the art even though I don't think this is the best Carlini I've ever seen. Um, but I just liked the tone that this took. See when like in the past, when they get down to brass tacks with the, with the, with the Trigon stuff, it's usually very dour, if not like overly edgy. And this is not that at all. This is like equal parts, like lighthearted, 
emotional trait. It's kind of it's kind of trying to be everything or like or like very middle of the road, not quality wise, but like um, in the tone that it's going for. You know, mm-hmm. it's not trying to be extreme. Um, it's not trying to be disturbing. And I think like in the year 2023, this is a very suitable way to revisit that story without trying to be edgy. Does that make sense? Yes. And, so and I enjoyed I, it on those grounds, but yeah. I actually wrote similar things in my notes. Um, how this felt like it was the first time there was a Trigon story being told where it was really more about Raven than it was about Trigon. And more than that, that it didn't... I feel like the Trigon stories always come off feeling... I, I This isn't really the word I want to use, but I can't think of another one. Almost incestuous at times. Yeah, yeah. Where, there's At minimum, there's going to be some rapey... yeah yes yeah uh and and so this did not have any of that thankfully but it also had it was one of the few times that the story was about rachel not raven and while obviously we are we're coming here for the 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 raven story I, i you know i i i'm well aware of that but there's just something nice about giving the character a little bit of of development in a in a in a series that or not in a series in a just in a line that very rarely has any has Raven do anything that isn't explicitly about being Trigon's daughter or at this point now dating Beast Boy and this felt like there was a lot although it it certainly was involved with her being Trigon's daughter it was more about sort of her relationship with her mom and how all that fits together than it is necessarily about just the fact that she's Dragon's daughter. Uh, before I get to the art, Zach, what do you think of this? Um, I thought it was fine. Um, I think I'm trying to like compare it to the Starfire issue. I think overall, I really like the Carlini art, but like nothing compares really to Javier Rodriguez's art like it's it's just for at least for my taste it's a really tough comparison um but I I did enjoy the art I think the story was slightly better in that it did like you guys said did something interesting with Raven as a character it wasn't just like a retread of like here's everything that you need to know about Raven you know what I mean Mm-hmm. Um, it, it actually did some interesting things with the character. The The weird take I had with this issue is that it, it was so packed full of story that at times it actually kind of didn't things moved a little bit too quickly like specifically all the stuff with the cult I thought like my disbelief had to be suspended a few times like when, when Rachel confronts um, the woman who who is pregnant and is like hi you're you're um you know the the father of your child is gonna you is using you and is going to give your your son to trigon she's like oh okay we have to escape she just took that like <laughs> yes, yes on yeah. on the cuff very quickly i'm like okay this feels like a story that could have been a mini series or at least like a you know three to four issue story but we've had those kind of stories and i always hate them 
I don't like them. I don't want them to be that long. So like, yeah. as I read it, I was like, this feels like a three to four issue miniseries. But if it was that, I wouldn't have liked it. I wouldn't have read it. It wouldn't have been better. So it's it's kind of like a weird catch 22 in that regard. That's an excellent point, actually, Zach. I, I very much agree with that, that I appreciated the the one and done nature of this. But it did feel at times a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But I mean, overall, for what it is, I I do I did like it. Uh, I I want to talk more more about the Carlini art, Vincy. You said this was not your favorite Carlini, and I probably agree with that. But I thought there were some really good sequences in this. I think that Carlini does this really nice job of sort of splitting the difference between some scenes that are traditional horror and adding in touches that I don't want to use the word cartoony because that's not what I want to say but have a sort of real root in in animation and specifically in just like the way that uh, characters express the facial expressions from animation uh, like there, there's a sequence where Rachel is on the phone with Starfire and her Starfire is emoting in a way that we just don't really see that character ever do and there, I just found a lot of the art really charming in that way, but it doesn't take away from the horrific elements either. The, the stuff that's meant to look scary does look scary, and the stuff that, that's more expressive and personal, uh, even bordering on cute at times, works really well also. Uh, I, I think that this may not be the best Carlini art, but it's certainly very good. Yeah, I I agree. I think, you know, this this is I don't know, maybe this is a petty comment, but I feel like in the first half of the comic the some of the detail and some of the facial work is undercooked. And then in the second half of the comic when you get to when Raven meets the um the the Amadeus or whatever that's that spirit of the of the Azerathi the like um Roman bust looking guy you know mm-hmm. like from then on I feel like the art is is more developed than the early sequences in this book um, especially when you look at some of the faces the expressions the the details in their movement and and their bodies and things like that um, it it could just be me. I, maybe it was just the first impression looking at this again. I thought like, oh, this isn't as detailed as the Carlini I remember. And then by the end, it kind of brings it home. I think the final sequences with um, uh, Raven like infiltrating that cult, all of that stuff looks really great. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm being overly picky, but but you know, I certainly love Carlini's style and it's probably my preferred style of of uh comic book art especially for like cape comics at this point, you know. This isn't this isn't too far removed from like a Todd Knock, you know. Um so yeah, I definitely appreciated it. I just I I don't think it's the best Carlini I've ever seen. Carlini is sort of halfway between the Todd Knock sort of more uh, whimsical stuff 
but also on the same like line as Danny or as um who did the other um Dan Waters miniseries that was excellent. Uh, was it like uh Um, I know, I know who it is. I just can't get Same. the name right off the top of my head. But regardless, it's like Simsy or something like yes, that. Yes, S- yes. Sismacia. Yes, that's, maybe that's it. Yeah, Sismacia, yes. Um, just like how, how there are those very <coughs> playful elements, but there's also a real strong core of horror stuff here, and I think that combination is so cool and so underrated. And I love when Carlini shows up on a book. So I was. You know, this is one of the books we we were sort of debating talking about last week, and once I saw the Carlini art, I I, I got excited to read it. So, I'm I'm yeah. glad we did. Um, I, I do have a question about just this this series in general. These are the types of books that used to be ongoings many years ago, where there would just be these like one off tales of the Titans, or there was a, there was specifically a Tales of the Titans book, but. It doesn't have to be that. Just you know, a, a sort of one-off book about the um, about you know a day in the life of a hero, whatever. Do you think there's any stomach for that as an ongoing anymore, or is the ongoing just so dead that it doesn't matter? I think that yeah, I think it's yeah. the death of the ongoing, honestly, more than anything. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I kind of enjoy these stories, and I I, I wish we got them in a in a place where. It didn't feel always like I have to say this Tales of the Titans series. This already feels more significant than any of the similar books we've had in recent years of of these type of stories. But it would be nice where it just didn't it didn't always feel like an afterthought, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Honestly, I'm even kind of enjoying it more than the World's Finest Titans book, really. Yeah, so far. Sure. Two, two go, issues in of each. Yeah, I, I would take this over that one. Wow. Strong words. Well, Vince, what comes out next week for us? Um, I don't know, man. Uh, this bit never gets old. No, really doesn't. Um, next week being the week of the 23rd. Yes. Um, We're such a professional show. I promise we're more professional on our Patreon if you... Uh... <laughs> yeah. No, we're not. No. Um, okay. Batman Beyond Neo-Gothic, number two. Um, Batman the Brave and the Bold, number four. Dark Knights of Steel, number 12. Oh. DC Ruby, number seven. Night Terrors, number four. The Night Terrors uh, tie-in books are Action Comics 2, Angel Breaker 2, Detective Comics 2, Harley Quinn 2, Titans 2. Then you've got uh, the Penguin number one and the Unstoppable Doom Patrol number five. Wow. That's good. Yeah. tight, Sarah. Thank you. That Penguin book is a Tom King special. I know. Yes, We're going to read it, right? Oh, I mean, we may have to. I, I think, think we, we have, have to. to. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. All right. Well, if you had to get in touch with us, uh, two thirds of us are on Threads and Blue Sky. I am at Brian Needs an App. And I'm at The Woke of Z. If you need to find Vince, he is um, wondering why all that banging is happening in his house, but the roofers are gone. (laughs) Take care, folks. Bye.
Borat. He's still funny. Yep. 